everyone, and welcome to another episode of Popcorn and Nerds. You got your host here, Mark Goings, and my buddy Taylor D. Adams. Taylor, how are you doing today? I'm great. Hey, you did a really good job with that intro. Oh, thanks. I tried. Mark was okay. giving me shit because he never gets to introduce the episodes, and by never, I mean he hasn't done it the only other two episodes we've done. I know. It seems like a lot, though. It seems like we've been doing this for a while. But you guys should uh, should rate him and give him five stars because I think he did a pretty good job. Oh, thanks. I think I did okay. <laughs> you I'm, know what? That, that's that's good enough at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm tough on myself, man. I'm my own worst critic. Yeah, same here. I feel you. Uh, what? Um, it's good to see you again. Yeah, you too. Good, good to be good to be talking about some uh, some nerdy things today. Um, no sports in this one. Yes, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> well, the NFL is over. I know, but there's always sports happening. Yeah, there I, is. I can't escape it. Yeah, it's true. It's kind of all over the place, all over social media, all over. It is. Yeah. Next, we got what March Madness. This college yeah. sports is up, and I love, uh, I love March Madness though. And then soccer, and then baseball, and then it's all. It's just all a loop. I never, never get away from it. It's okay. You'll be all right. I know. You don't watch. Uh... Oh, you don't even watch like uh, e-gaming, do you? Nope. Man. I don't. Okay. Not, not even esports. No, no slight against them. I just don't particularly, I mean, don't find that compelling to watch either. Uh, just, I guess my competitive bone is broken. So, um, so let's get right into the snack portion because I'm kind of excited. We already cracked open, uh, the beer we got going yeah. on. Mark, uh, what, what, what does that say? We have today for our beer, uh, Trophy, which is local here, uh, Trophy's El Hombre, which is a horchata stout brewed with almonds and lactose. Uh, brewing with lactose is like the new thing here recently. Um, I've had this. Uh, I've had a espresso milk stout by Elysian Brewing that had lactose in it. Uh, I've had some milkshake IPAs. Uh, I believe uh, Bond Brothers had one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just lactose is like the thing. It's uh, I guess it's a way to get some smoothness without having to go to nitro or anything like that. Yeah, I guess uh, so. Yeah, a lot of a lot of breweries here in the Raleigh area are cranking them out, and they're all pretty good. I don't think I've had one, and I'm like, bleh. Yeah. They're all pretty good. Yeah, but what are we snacking on, though? And then snacks. This one got put on hold last week because I brought those half-moon cookies in, um, but it was the other Oreo flavor that was released at the same time as the hot and spicy cinnamon ones, which we did not hate. Um but this time it is a golden Oreo with oh, jam. chocolate hazelnut filling. So a Nutella Oreo. Nutella Oreo. Oh my god. Uh, without having to use Nutella's name because it's expensive. Nutella, Nutella, Nutella. Yeah. Apparently Nutella uses like a significant portion of the world's hazelnuts. Those like bastards. Like I want to say the statistic I read said like 80% of the world's hazelnuts does or something. Anyone, does anyone eat hazelnuts? Because I'm pretty sure the majority of consumption is all in hazelnut flavoring. Probably. Uh, there's some like chocolate and stuff that have hazelnuts in them. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like I see more in like flavored things than I do actually like, this contains hazelnuts. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Well, whatever. Right but, so we'll crack these open. And again, I'm not those, just... Those are going to be gone by the end of the podcast. I can I'm not guarantee just that. My own packaging. So Taylor, go ahead, go ahead and get your hands on one of those. Yes. Yes. I am not a. Uh, oh, they smell glorious. They do. I am not a tear apart guy. I don't like the. Uh, I don't like the frosting in the middle. I just eat it. It depends. Uh, I feel like these flavored ones you're meant to enjoy it as a whole. With the originals, I feel like it's part of the experience to twist it off and get the filling out. Why? I'm gonna eat all of these. <laughs> oh my god. You're not doing the sugar free thing anymore, right? That was just for January. Yeah, just for January. Sweet. We'll and see even you go. and even then, it didn't really go I, well. I know you're welcome. Well. Cool. So we'll see. Uh, we'll oh, see. Those are very good. We'll see. We actually how much of these we eat. Um, okay, moving on to things that don't involve eating into a microphone. Um, let's get into our tidbits for the day. Uh, just some things we tidbits. saw this week. Um, the Venom trailer came out uh, this week, uh, starring Tom Hardy. Venom um, in quotes, loosely Venom. Yeah. Uh, people were really looking forward to are are really uh, are really looking forward to this movie. Um, me included, just from the standpoint of it's promised that it's supposed to be more of a horror flick, which I'm a big fan of. Um, and I'm also a big fan of new directions that Marvel movies are taking. Um, even Marvel series, like with Legion and stuff like that. Um, so is Marvel heavily involved with this one like they were with Spider-Man? Uh, Homecoming. Because I know Sony has, for the most part, 
handle the Spider-Man franchise on their own until Homecoming. And yeah, I think Homecoming so this was is the, Sony. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the Venom, yeah, Venom is Sony. I don't know how much, you know, it's got the Marvel name on it, not the Marvel Studios name. So yeah, because this no. is not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right, right. So um, I'm not quite sure how much kind of control. I mean, I haven't done, I'll be honest, I, I'm, when it comes to comic movies, I don't do a whole lot of research in them um, just because I find other things to my time but i am excited about this one because it's uh an enemy or a villain i'm familiar with mm -hmm. um tom hardy i think will be yeah. good as eddie brock compared yes. to topher grace what that never happened i know right spider-man 3 never happened never never ever happened um so yeah i don't know the, but the trailer came out we'll put a link to it in the show notes uh i watched it at first i was like that was lame as hell <laughs> Because there's no, because Venom's not in it. Like yeah. you only see the Venom the, face you, toward the end of it. And you it's see, like, yeah, you see the symbiote yeah. in a like container very, very briefly. Yeah, and then the poster for mm. the movie is like the Venom face. Yeah. But I think that's going to be the big unveil, the big thing in the movie is that you don't really. Hopefully, in the trailers, they don't show the Venom suit at all. Uh, and let that be the big thing that drives people to the movies. Uh, because if they are going to try and do this in a more horror aspect, that's like showing off your villain before the exactly. movie's out. Exactly. That's exactly what I was saying. And so if you go the horror route, like you never show the full creature. Or if you do, it's during the last 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. So I feel like if we're going in that direction, it's actually a really good trailer because it piques your interest. It shows some. If you're familiar with Venom. Otherwise, you're kind of just like, hmm, what is this? That's true. If you like, well, if you went into this having no idea what Venom was and you just saw what was going on, Tom Hardy acting, you'd be like, okay, something's wrong. Like, yeah. it, like it's like a sci fi type of horror. Like, something's wrong and you like Tom Hardy. You're like, okay, I might go see this. I don't know what the hell it is. Um, but I think I, the more I think about it, the more I actually really like the trailer. Because um, obviously I've been looking forward to seeing some incarnation of Venom that wasn't in Spider-Man Three. Yeah. So what? To, yeah. 3? To not see it, I was like, oh. But I understand what they're trying to do, and it actually got me a little more excited about it. And if they're going a dark route with this one, I think it'll be good because Venom and the symbiote and Carnage and all of that is a very dark kind of premise. Like the symbiote obviously feeds off of people but if for those of you who are unfamiliar with the symbiote mark please educate us yeah this the symbiotes uh came from space in the spider-man series and uh basically symbiote like symbiotic relationship they kind of work as a parasite like in parallel with a host and they feed on the well the venom and carnage ones feed on the host's aggression uh so basically Eddie Brock, you know, he was kind of the the jock, the the big beefy guy, uh, always kind of angry, and the symbiote suit kind of made that uh, tenfold enhanced. Mm -hmm. um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of the route they take with it. Um, if it's a, like a horror, almost mystery, like if they just keep showing Tom Hardy waking up in situations, not realizing what he's done. And then trying to kind of work backwards from it and figure out like what's tree, going on. Tree, like a werewolf type of situation? Kind of, yeah. Huh. I don't uh, know. But I guess we'll have to wait and see what they do with it. Um, but it'll be interesting because, like I said, I'm pretty sure this is not connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I don't know that they'll even mention Spider-Man in this because Homecoming did branch off into the Cinematic Universe. Uh, so I wonder if this is going to be a standalone entity. Uh, and see if Venom can stand on his own without Spider-Man. And I, I, I'm kind of rooting for that. Just, I think there's, you know, with all the big blockbusters and everything like that, there are these movies, there's these uh, comic book movies that are being released, like, during the off-seasons, you could say. Like, not during the summer, peak summer uh, yeah. months, um, that are more singular and character driven mm -hmm. so like uh like logan like deadpool so venom could be the the next in line for that and i'd, I'd be stoked for that because to me that's shit gets cluttered man which they're trying to throw you so know, many people in like that well, the, here's the 10 year uh right. Marvel class reunion photo that they did right uh, yeah there's so much going on there and even infinity war like oh, i'm not excited for that i I, was, I okay i know you are but i look at the trailer and i'm like the what I'm, how many like, I know it's based on existing material. I understand that. I'm not saying that they're... Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that they're just like, oh, yeah, let's just do this. No, it's like existing. But even, like, as 
a, an IP, mm -hmm. like if that was an issue, like a comic book issue, they'd be like, "What? Why are so many? Well, the, <laughs> so many people?" The one thing I'm curious about is um, with Last Jedi, people complained about characters they wanted to see not getting enough screen time. So like DJ Phasma. Things like that kind of all got very like quick mentions, then dismissed. Whatever happened to them happened. Um, in favor of like Rose as the new character, and then people from Force Awakens uh, being brought back into the fold, and especially you know Mark Hamill uh, and Luke being brought back into the the whole process. Um, they just had a limited amount of screen time that they could divvy up, and some characters lost out because of it. So with such a star-studded cast in Civil War. I'm wondering how that time gets divided, uh, if it's evenly divided. And then, I mean, I guess they do—they are doing two parts of it, so they have, of course, significantly longer. Keep making that money. Yeah, right. To kind of parse that out and give people screen time, but at the same time, that's still a lot of people to have to tell their story. And I guess these stories are more intertwined because it is like fighting Thanos. It is. You know, that is the main evil right. that's in Infinity War. So right. I think it'll be easier, I guess, because they're all kind of working on the same thing. Whereas there are a lot of side stories going on in The Last Jedi that just didn't have time to get fleshed out uh, as much as people would have liked. So, yeah, thanks see that. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, we'll, yeah, we will see. We will I see. have no in idea. May. Like, yeah, <laughs> in May. Uh, we got sidetracked on that Venom. Thing for a bit. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, no, that's fine. Um, another trailer <laughs> that came out today, Deadpool, or not this, not today, but this week, this past week, the Deadpool trailer, for the De <laughs> untitled Deadpool sequel. Um, man, that was fun. Like, <laughs> what, what, it was uh, on their social media too. They were like, "Get you a hit of PCP." Yeah, and it was performance cable package. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, like, they're I, I like to think that Ryan Reynolds is running all the marketing, and is they're just letting him do whatever the hell right. he wants because yeah. he is Deadpool. And yeah, I was gonna say at this point, we're not seeing a Deadpool movie; we're seeing a Ryan Reynolds movie. <laughs> like, this is the this is the role he was born to play, yeah. pretty much. Um, so I'm excited to see Cable. Uh, I was a I, I had the Cable action figure nice. when I was a kid, um, all roided up and shit. Yep, um, with his metal arm Josh that Brolin, wasn't CG'd in. Yeah, Josh Brolin playing a very uh, simmered down version, but still very threatening. Yeah. Um, and then the other uh, other uh, side characters we got in there too. I'm excited to see. I'm ex I'm just excited to see another Deadpool movie. Um, I am nervous though because is it going to be another Deadpool movie or are we going to get something more out of it or you know you know there's with movies like that that are so rare and they're funny like when you make comedy sequels yeah things don't necessarily go well yeah you know because you're like you're reusing the same jokes or you're just trying something a little bit more but I feel like how outrageous Deadpool is you can probably get away with it for for a while. Yeah, for a while. I know maybe the third one comes out and be like, mm, okay. Yeah, like tone it down and get serious at some point, but then eventually he goes back to that because that's his character. He's fourth wall breaking, right. he's foul mouth. Um, and from the trailer, it looks like there's going to be more like gratuitous action, like movie type stuff. Um, so I think it'll yeah. lean a little bit more on that. And especially with Marvel taking over, I know they did want to keep it with the R rating as far as I know. Um, as they should. Yeah, exactly. But I think they will shy away from it being as vulgar, I guess, as the first one was. Nah. You don't, don't think do it. Don't. No, I don't want them to do it. Oh, well, no one wants them to, but we'll see. I think Disney. if I think about it, they'll probably tone it back. They'll still have enough in there that people will be okay with it. But I don't think it'll be uh, as intense as it probably was originally intended. But also, I want to see that. Toy Story, Deadpool movie. <laughs> the, the trailer. Reach for the sky. I know. I uh, whoever whoever <laughs> whoever approved uh, the use of the Deadpool doll in the Woody Woody Cowboy costume. <laughs> thank you. I think that was a like an address. Like yeah yeah Disney owns this now. But look, we're gonna pervert the shit out of it. And that's kind of why I'm hoping that it stays true to the original vision. Yeah. Um, but I am still thinking they're gonna tone it back a little bit. Okay. Well, we will see. I know. Uh, okay, we enough will. about uh, 
I'm done talking on movies. I'm gonna eat some cookies. Mark, uh, take it. <laughs> uh, I just had a, a few video game related bits here, tidbits, nerd. As, ta as Taylor posts. Uh, yes, nerd, definitely. Uh, not a whole lot going on games this week, uh, from my point of view. One interesting bit of news that I did see that came through is a rumor, actually, that Met yeah, <laughs> that Metroid Prime Four is in development by Bandai Namco. Um, which would be interesting. Um, not against Bandai Namco at all. Uh, I mean, they make some pretty solid games or publish some relatively solid games. Um, but that leaves me curious as to what Retro Studios is working on because they've had an untitled project in the works for a significant amount of time now um, that everyone assumed was Metroid Prime 4. But if Namco Bandai, Bandai Namco, uh, I think I use those interchangeably. I think it's actually Namco Bandai, whatever. Alphabetical order says Bandai Namco. Um, so yeah, I think the uh, it could be interesting. But yeah, I also would like to know what Retro is working on. If they're going to be tasked with another Nintendo franchise, because they've handled Metroid now and Donkey Kong. Um, so maybe Nintendo's trusted them with a third property since they've done well with the ones they've worked on so far. Uh, which would be interesting to see something else Nintendo-based from Retro. Uh, so that possibility is exciting, uh, and I guess time will tell. But that's I all was, I had. I was a big fan of Metroid Prime. Yeah. Like the first one that came out. It was huge. It was awesome. Yeah, it was uh, amazing. It was so much fun. Even on the GameCube, it was so What do you mean immersive. even on the GameCube? Well, because like now you go back and look at you that stuff. You shit-talking the GameCube? No, because you go back now and you look at that stuff, and it's not impressive now. And it's because yeah. we, we've seen like crazier <laughs> things, but like I feel like the Metroid Prime games still hold up pretty well. Okay, that's interesting. Um, they were they were graphically impressive. Uh, some of the lighting and particle effects, especially like when you shoot a like a large uh, beam attack or something that casts this amount of light, you would see Samus's face reflected in her visor, <gasps> and just like little things like that that helped add to the immersion of it. Uh, I think it was extremely well done. But, yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, the Prime series holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts. Uh, I never finished Metroid Prime 3. Uh, that was on the Wii, and it was kind of weird. Motion control. Uh, was it Wii-erd? Wii-erd, yes. Uh, <laughs> I got jokes, people. <laughs> um, but it, would also, it also went back to a more cartoony style. Uh, almost using the character model from like Super Smash Brothers instead of the more realistic one we had seen in Metroid Prime One and Two, um, but anyway, that kind of again we get we get off topic easily, uh, but I digress. <laughs> so, um, on the last episode, I actually mentioned as well that the thing I was looking forward to in the coming week was the Shadow of the Colossus remake, um, and I am still looking forward to that. I am enjoying it. <laughs> okay. Um, I I played it after I picked it up this week. Um, just the one time so far. I need to, a lot more time to sit down and play it. But uh, it it is glorious. Uh, it's still it's even more beautiful than I remember, obviously, because now you know 4K uh, and just everything's been redone from the ground up. Um, the photo mode. There's a lot of cool still shots coming out from it. You can find them online everywhere. Dude, stop breathing on these cookies. No, they're right there. Yeah, but uh, they're breathing on them. Are they warm? Yeah, well, kind of. <laughs> well, your, your magic touchpad thing was in the way. Don't, don't blame me for your problems. No, it's your problem. They're my cookies. I'll breathe on them before. <sighs> uh, gross. All right, continue. Um, lots of pretty photos online uh, that you can find of people taking still frames from the game. Um, the photo modes on the PS4 have been fantastic. There's a lot of options that you have as far as filters and angles and moving around the camera. Um, and it's just really neat to see those shared out uh, just among the communities for these games. But I played through the first four Colossi because I've played the original and even the remaster up to that point enough times that they were pretty quick to burn through. Um, and so I did that and then put it down after I burned through those four because uh, that's, you know, one-fourth of the game's bosses. But I also realized that after that point, I'm not as familiar with the game because I've only played through it entirely one time. 
And so as you get further on, I'm less familiar with them, how to get to them, uh, not always remembering exactly how to fight them other than stab them in the glowy spots. Um, <laughs> which, I mean, obviously, that's what you do to right. any kind of game boss. Right. Um, so yeah, so I'll continue to play that. Uh, if you see me online, catch me on my stream. I'll be playing that a bit uh, as I go through. And yeah, that's... Uh, it's still, it plays like you remember, so it's kind of the weird, loose, floaty controls, almost like you're controlling a marionette. Mm. Um, and so that hasn't necessarily aged well, but the storytelling and just like the minimalist uh, user interface and just how atmospheric the whole thing is because it's just you and the Colossi, essentially. And so... Every time you find one, it feels like you're the first person to ever have found that Colossi. Mm. Um, that Colossus. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, the Colossus. Um, and so it's just, a, it's still a fantastic experience. Uh, fun to sit down and play through and just very engaging. Uh, even though there's not a whole lot going on other than go find this thing and kill it. Okay. So, so cool. check it out if you uh, haven't played it before or if you have. Yeah. I think, yeah, this week we'll probably put some, some links to your streaming stuff down in the uh, show notes, too. Okay. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks. So moving on to our featured TV film review of the week. Uh, today we're talking about uh, the new Netflix original series, Altered Carbon. Um, <laughs> question Tana. mark? Yeah. Did I get, why, did I, why did I put a question mark on it? <laughs> I have no idea. No, it is called Altered Carbon. It is. Uh, Ten episodes on Netflix. The shortest is about 45 minutes. The longest is a little over an hour. So they really kind of uh, didn't feel confined uh, for a time limit, which I always appreciate. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about it um, right after you guys listen to the trailer. Your body is not who you are. You shed it like a snake sheds its skin. We transfer the human consciousness between bodies to live fraternal life. How long have I been down? 250 years. 250 You are the property of Bancroft Industries. You've been provided with this body, which came equipped with military-grade Neurochem and combat muscle memory. Mr. Kovac, I didn't ask you to bring me back into this world. All I ask of you is that you solve a murder. Whose? Mine. I had to give Mark a heads up that we're going to play the trailer because apparently it freaks him out whenever he listens to it. Yeah, it's weird that it's just there all of a sudden. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry just... you can't handle my editing. I know. It's fine. You can edit, you can edit a podcast episode if you want. I don't have the software now. I gotta rebuy re oh, it. Bummer. I know, right? Uh, well, I uh, guess it's up to me then. Uh, <laughs> so, without going into too many spoilers, um, just overall thoughts. Uh, Mark, since you introduced the episode, I will have you give your initial thoughts on Alter Carbon first. Gotcha. I enjoyed it. Um, it's sci fi, it's kind of dystopian, future esque setup. Um, it's it starts out as a murder mystery, and it kind of it kind of is throughout the whole thing for the most part. Uh, the synopsis says, "Set in a future where consciousness is digitized and stored, a prisoner returns to life in a new body and must solve a mind-bending murder to win his freedom." So that's the synopsis. Good job. I know. Thanks. Um, and so. It stays pretty true to that. Uh, it touches a lot on the whole digitized consciousness thing. Um, they refer to bodies as sleeves, and you can put your consciousness into a different sleeve, uh, which has effectively made people immortal. And so that, you know, on its own, kind of affects people. Like, we were never meant to outlive our lifetime, obviously. And so it gets into a lot of interesting concepts about how people would cope with living forever, how the rich people would cope with it, how poor people would cope with it, and what it does to society as a whole. 
Uh, and so it has some interesting commentary on just kind of human nature and uh, almost like once we've bested uh, death, essentially, like we just can resort to our baser instincts and it's all the kind of bacchanalia, like just fucking and fighting and doing whatever your baser instincts tell you to do kind of thing um, is what people devolve into when there's not consequences for it, essentially. And so, yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't, this is not something that I would recommend to everyone uh, just because there are some people who aren't into like sci-fi or, you know, dystopia type stories. Um, there is a lot of nudity in it, uh, yep. which I know some people are uncomfortable with that. Cause but it's got something for everyone. There is, there is, uh, there's, there's dicks and tits. So you're, you're good. Whatever uh, your flavor they got, I guess. Yeah. Um, and girls. And girls. Yeah. See, you're already, you're almost leaving people out. I know. You corrected yourself though. We're good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's worth a watch if any of that sounds interesting to you. Uh, dicks, tits, <laughs> sci-fi or dystopia, murder mysteries. Um, yeah, that's kind of my high level, I guess. What do you got, Taylor? No, I, I enjoyed it. I wasn't... It was I was in this weird state where as I was watching it, I wasn't sure if I was liking it or not. Um, <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, just because... I'm, and I'm not even sure why, because I think there were a couple things overall that were some hang-ups for me while watching this. Um, it's... I felt I did feel like though it was not really a Blade Runner ripoff. It was more of yeah like an homage kind of thing going on with that. Yeah. Um, and granted, this is based off of an existing property, mm-hmm. um, so it's not like this is a brand new script uh, from like, 100% pure original fiction. Um, but I I did enjoy. It. I think the more I think about it, the more I did enjoy it. And like I said, I had a couple hangups about it, but I liked um, how uh, like most really good sci-fi their their commentaries on certain situations usually with modern situations you know Mm -hmm. you're dealing a lot with um rich versus poor you're dealing a lot with morality yeah religious Um, non-religious yes exactly whether we're meant to live forever or not um there's even some they never ever ever reference race in this show but I feel like... It's true. I guess they didn't. But I feel like you don't have to, the way they portray it in such a subtle and effective way. Because with... I mean, this is not a spoiler, but with the, you know, um, the whole synopsis and just the base idea that, like, if, you're, um, if your consciousness is digitized and you can just change sleeves, a.k.a. bodies, whenever you want, like, you could be... In a white body, you could be in a black body, you could be in an Asian body. Yeah, they mentioned cross sleeving. Yeah, uh, and all this stuff. Like, and but it's never, it never becomes a race issue, which I think is great. Like, some people might, because the uh, main character played like, played by Joel Kinnaman, his character's name is Takashi Kovacs. Takeshi. Takeshi Kovacs. Excuse me. Kovacs. It's spelled Kovacs, but it's pronounced Vach. I thought I heard them pronounce Kovacs a couple of times. They might have mispronounced it. Okay, then. They, they but it was like in a, the show. A, like a Norwegian name, All like right. a Scandinavian, whatever. It's, it's Slavic. Slavic, that's it's what it was. Slavic. He's Japanese and Slavic. Slavic, yeah. But it's played by Joel Kinnaman, who's a white guy. Yeah. But it's And it's not a whitewashing, because you flash back throughout this show to the actual... Takashi. Takeshi in his original yeah. sleeve. In his original sleeve, which is kind of cool. And you see you see a bunch of other characters too that come from different sleeves and some that stay in the same one for hundreds of years because they got the money. Yeah. Um so there's all that. So I think overall I really I really did enjoy it. Like I said, like you said, I wouldn't really recommend it to everyone, but I feel like it there's it's a good study, I think is what it is. Um, and as a big sci-fi fan, I enjoyed this from that perspective too. There were a couple episodes that were like, I was like, all right, get to the point. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, overall, it was, exposition. it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty good. No, not even that. I thought the way they conveyed exposition was brilliant in the first episode. Like that was a very heavy 
Yeah, heavy, but it wasn't. See, edition. there's difference between like being heavy and like the whole like spoon fed thing and how like the first five minutes are like somebody being like, okay, this is these are the rules to the world. No, yeah, but the, no. everything was kind of fed to you in tidbits yeah, throughout like that first episode. A thing happened, and then yes. the aftermath came back, and they're like, oh well, this is how this happened to you. Yes. But I feel like the way they wrote it, it comes up naturally within the scenes. It's not like, oh, you've been gone this long? This is how the world works now. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, I guess the thing with race, the closest mention of race almost was like human versus AI. Right, right. And I okay, guess that, yeah. that was like the closest race yeah, if thing, if you want to call it that. that. Um, yeah, but. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, we'll uh, without further ado, let's get into some spoilers. Yes. Yeah, spoiler alert. I mean, just going off of what we talked about in a general overview, I felt like this was pretty well done. Um, Do you want to? Like, I had a, I had the major hangup I had with it was they didn't really establish until like seven episodes in why Takeshi was so qualified to conduct an investigation. Oh yeah, I guess the mystery. Like he's going through this whole thing because you're you're introduced well, to him as he's a, he's a a, a, terror, a terrorist and a criminal and envoy. Whatever you know, you're like, yeah. what, what the hell's that? You know, you don't find out what an envoy is to the gradually. But here's the thing. Here's my point: is that you're introduced to him as a prisoner. You're introduced to him as a terrorist, and then in the very first episode, he's assigned to find out what happened. To Lawrence, yeah, Lawrence Bancroft. Bancroft. Yeah, what happens to but what happens to Bancroft? And then uh, Takeshi just goes about conducting that investigation. investigation of like, let me see, let me, I'm going to need to see the CCTV tapes. All right, you, you're going to let me in this room, you know? And I was like, was he a cop? Yeah, like, I guess the, the that bothered the, the CSEC part is what you're talking about. Yes, then. but you don't know that he's a CSEC agent until like episode Way seven. Later, so yeah. that's what bothered me so much was that he's immediately thrown into this and is just like doing his detective thing. Like he's doing the exact same thing that Ortega is supposed to be really good at, yeah. but we have no idea that he can do it. He's just doing it. See, I didn't see it that way because they mentioned that he was an envoy. And they kind of hint at that envoys have this ability to read people and read situations. No, I understood and, that. And they're also kind of a rare breed thing. So to me, it was just like, oh, Bancroft has the money. Takeshi is like a rare thing that they can't find anymore. And envoys have this ability to read people, which would be helpful in an investigation. So it's a joint purpose of the rich just wanting something rare as well as, oh, well, he could be useful because he can kind of like look into people's souls. No, I understood I understood the character motivation for Bancroft to buy him of yeah. sorts. My thing was like as a character, Why there's no there's no evidence for me to give qualification to Takeshi to do this. Like there's no cuz the show turns into a procedural, which I love procedural. I love shows. <laughs> but I'm like how like I think as far as your point with like him like demanding to go in places and things like that, I think it, it kind of gets around that he's working for Bancroft and money just speaks. And no, that. I get that. But I'm saying the way that he conducted himself was exactly like a police detective when he's not a police detective. Well, but he kind of is. But we don't know that. Like, you just all of a sudden, like, you're split. Like, but we don't I have just, to know that. I think we do because the whole time I'm like, he's doing a better job being a detective than a detective is. Yeah. I mean, we know that he was an envoy, and there's some kind of special. They have special. Yeah, but abilities. that's all we know. What's like? What the? But, we're like, what the fuck's an envoy? And yeah, <laughs> but like that's kind of like the whole thing is unveiled slowly, and I don't, I never questioned his qualifications because he I was did. like a special thing. You're gonna get taken advantage of one day, Mark. Right. Somebody's gonna just come into your apartment and be like, "I'm the police." And I'm like, "Let oh, me. Yeah. I mean, we need all your video games. We need to confiscate them. They might be laced with drugs." Nope. <laughs> Not the video games. <laughs> you could take anything. Except the dog in the video games. Basically. Uh, and then my... Not really a hang-up, just like the last two episodes were so slow. <laughs> Even though they had some pretty pivotal moments, I was just like, can we just get to the can we get to the point here? Yeah. For a long time, his sister bothered me. Because I From was... From what standpoint? Her thought process, I guess. Her motivation. Like, she just wanted to be together with Takeshi again. Mm-hmm. 
And like the whole time she was like, oh, well, I killed this woman and I killed that woman because they got close to you and no one can be close to you except me. And so the whole time I was like, does she not realize that's just going to drive him away? But then on the flip side of it, I realized eventually after thinking through it that like she was just a child when they were separated. They had a traumatic childhood and like her whole identity was based on like being around her brother and her brother taking care of her. And so it kind of bred into that. And that was her like soul mindset was like being with her brother and her family. Um, and so, yeah, at first I was like, does she not realize how stupid she's being like her attacking all of the people that Takeshi cares about now is just going to drive him further away. But she never matured, I guess, in the way mm-hmm. that normal development would happen because of the situations she had been through. I also, I think, too, is I think when they got separated, the people that were always in between them were bad people. So she didn't think twice about eliminating them when she got the chance to. Like when they when they finally meet up again and they're at the Yakuza headquarters and he's uh, the SeaTac agent and she's like with them. Yeah. And all of a sudden they just like, they turn on their respective parties. Yeah. And then want to be well, like, that's that's the mentality that she thinks, uh, for, for my, for my the way I, uh, I infer it, is yeah. like that how, that's how she thinks she can keep him But then I guess, herself. the other thing is like. Also, it was a little incesty. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it was a little yeah. bit. Uh, Falconer though. Uh, mm. The love interest, mm-hmm. uh, Renee Goldsberry, mm. Hamilton fame. Oh, shit. I knew I recognized her. Yeah. Yeah, girl. Um, the whole time I was just like, is she going to sing yet? Yeah. But no. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, like, her character, though, wasn't evil, but I guess mm. in Ray's mind, she was. Like it was a yeah, and also it was someone in between them. It was someone coming in between. Uh, yeah, her and yeah, Takeshi. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like but yeah, like but a, no, what, what, I didn't think her is evil either. But um, Ray thought that she evil enough because of Ray pretty much didn't believe like in a fucking word she said. Yeah. Um. So from that standpoint. Yeah, uh, and I thought Falconer's character was interesting too because it we find out later in the show that she was the one who created the sleeving process. Yeah, um, and so basically she was responsible for the immortality that people had, but it was one of those situations where after she created the thing, she realized the thing should have never happened. I liked how it, it was only ten episodes, but. Pretty much each episode or each every other episode had a really good twist and not just for twist's sake, like it was just a part of the story. Like finding out that Falconer was the one that created this process, you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Um, and then also finding out that uh, Takeshi like used to be a SeaTac agent or yeah. just all this stuff or that, you know, um, all or this- that Takeshi is uh, Riker. Is Riker, yeah, like Ooh. that whole thing. That was, that was pretty cool and man, that whole like, Man, VR interrogation. Yeah, that scares the shit out of me. That's that's pretty intense. <laughs> that like basically you just die over and over and over again, but you yeah. don't really die. Yeah. Uh, but I assume like, obviously in this world, the way VR is set up, that doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. But I assume if like, it's tied to your consciousness somehow. Well, no, because yeah, I guess the body doesn't matter. You can replace the body. Yeah. So like if you put that amount of stress on a body with the, your consciousness mm-hmm. sleeved into it and the body dies, it doesn't matter because yeah. the consciousness is still there. So yeah, they just like could torture you forever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Cause I was like, yeah, like eventually most people would just shatter. They would like the stress break, of it yeah, would break, eventually yeah. kill them. And I guess that's essentially what they were saying happened to some people. They lost their minds, which is essentially then you're, like a little whatever disc thing is yeah. useless real de- real death and they R- st- R- deed. Yeah, took R- me deed. a minute took me a minute real and death. also they slide to be the to be to be real death that's the, a dumb phrase <laughs> i mean what else do you call it though i real death him <laughs> yeah. that's, uh not not i don't think my favorite thing about it but you know you because i mean you, it. you can say you kill them yeah but then but people, did you people are like but killing doesn't so mean R- anything R- deed i liked um the whole the meths 
Um, took me a minute to figure out what they were talking about with those. Yeah, um, but that, was that sounds cool. like a negative. Yeah, it's, well, it, well, it, it, is, it is derogatory, thing. but I think like method. Yeah, like, that's, what I, that's what I was thinking every time yeah. I said it. And I guess, short, short for Methuselah, and all these rich people just like yeah. backing themselves up and like saving and like uh, cloning their sleeves and just having the money to be able to be the, in the same sleeve for hundreds of years. Which then you get into yeah. that kind of that class system, which I thought was was pretty interesting. Interesting, and that's you just a kind of. It's it's a commentary on you know things we have going on today between the haves and have nots you know the one percent and the ninety nine or whatever yeah. um, and I feel like that's a pretty ac- accurate commentary on it and especially when almost when it comes to like healthcare too like these people that have the money are just gonna live yeah you know? yeah it's like you can't afford a new sleeve sorry you go on uh, on hold on ice until they can find you uh, like crappy broke down replacement to put you in yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it also, like I would mentioned before, it all gets kind of very, like, bacchanalia. Like, you just, if you know you can live forever, and you have the means, you just do whatever you want. So there's, like, these fight clubs, and, yeah. uh, like, murder whorehouses, and, like, all these things that, like, are very baser instinct that these people indulge in because they have the money. Yeah, I think Bancroft is having a party, and they're like, eating a white tiger yeah uh, like the whole tiger's just there like cut open and yeah, eating so, it you know why not um it's one of those things like if you know you're gonna live forever why not right and also um, he has yeah he has the money to do all that too and that kind of feeds into the whole religious thing too is that like the people who get spun back up is what they call it when mm-hmm. you get put in a new sleeve and brought back to life yeah. or uh, if you're killed and then brought back to life mm-hmm. whatever um being spun back up is kind of like against God's will mm-hmm. for like the religious setup in this. Yeah. And so it all kinds of kind of feeds into that. The people who have the money to do it, do it and have kind of forsaken morality because they see themselves as a higher power because they have bested death. Uh, and so there's a lot of like interesting commentary on that on like once we get to that point, if we ever get to that point, like what will mankind do? When that doesn't matter anymore. Right. Like, when it's not just the one life that you have, you can do whatever. Like, what does that look like for people? And I think it's interesting that the general consensus is that people will just become shitheads. Yeah. uh, Because there's no consequences. Yeah. It's... Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. I, uh... Can we talk about Poe for a second? Poe? Yeah. Poe was my favorite character, I think. Poe's great. Poe was awesome. Um, Poe the AI, yeah. who is also... Of the, who of is the Raven also, Hotel. And yeah, you would love the, him, I guess. Uh, yeah. Then, then it, it, it runs it. the Raven. He is the Raven Hotel. Yeah. Um, the whole... I mean, he's there for comic relief. Like, that's why he's there. But understanding his motivations, and I thought it was... A pretty, a pretty good take on AI in general. And this is AI existing, like hundreds of years after it had it has been invented yeah like how it has adapted and how this ai in particular his purpose is to is that he loves humanity and he wants to be more human so he wants to learn from them so which is why he's like he's always he trying loves to, his guests yeah he loves his guests treats them super well um he always he, but he like, lets people into their rooms all the time yeah he's uh <laughs> he's, he wants to be partners in crime with everyone um he wants to protect them, uh, which is really cool. And he goes, you know, plays caretaker um, to and mental therapist to yeah, Lizzie. To yeah, I was looking for any yeah Lizzie. Um, yeah. So that, that, that uh, Elliot's. Yeah, they're. Uh, yeah, that was just I, I just I just enjoyed any scene that he was in. Pretty much, I was I was enjoying. And then you know when he gets uh, when he gets the the virus or whatever, it's kind of. It's, it's pretty sad. It's a pretty sad moment. Yeah, when he, when he fades away. When they they kill him with that. Yeah. Um, that was sad. Where he was slowly dying, but then he was also, you know, doing something good at the end, helping Lizzie out and telling her yeah. like, "Hey, you need to go. Like, I can't yeah. protect you. I can't keep you here much longer." Yeah. And then Lizzie comes in and just kicks everyone's ass. Yeah. 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 That that part was kind of weird, I think. And like, I mean, it was set up in that way where like, oh yeah, I'm teaching her to not fear the monsters anymore. Mm-hmm. But then just the fact that like, she just shows up and then is just like murdering everyone. That threw me off a little bit. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know why. It just seemed 
maybe a little forced. I don't know if I saw it as forced because it seemed... I don't know. I think because it, it didn't seem all of a sudden to me. I think because we're introduced to Lizzie very early on and we see her progression, even though it's like it all exists within a, a VR construct pretty yeah. much. Um, and we've established that AI can AI as well as the consciousness can just go from place to place as long as there's like circuitry pretty yeah. much. Um that getting her to be in that synth suit wasn't too much of a stretch. I could I could see the argument that it was a uh, that it was convenient for her to do all that um, to come in and just kick everybody's ass up in the uh, um, head, head in the clouds. Head in the clouds. Head yeah. In the clouds, yeah. Um, Which nice uh, double meaning there too. Yeah, that was man. That was some weird some weird shit yeah that was the, the murder whorehouse I mentioned earlier basically yeah they uh whatever your kink is yeah pretty much um and that's run by Ray too yeah but I, like that part I but going back to Poe mm-hmm. like yeah he he was great and then he even had the like the standing poker game with the other AI from the other hotels yeah I thought and, that I thought that was cool I thought that was a clever how they all get together. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was neat. Because you, you, you don't really see something like that. Yeah. And what, anything that was portrayed in AI or VR had that look to it, which I thought was really cool. Like, like the, the extra like the bleeding, neon outline. Like, and the bleeding the toward edges. the edges. Yeah, I thought that was really neat. I hadn't seen something done that like that before. Uh, yeah, it was very like... Some of it almost like VHS, like slightly staticky filter on it. Yeah, like, I see uh, a little bit. Like a lower quality. Yeah. Um when you realized you were in a VR thing, except when they didn't want you to realize you were in a VR thing for like some of the interrogations and stuff where you weren't meant to find out until later. Like those sometimes didn't have that look to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And so, but with Poe again, I think it was interesting too, that all the other AI hated humans. Yeah. There was even the one guy who was like, Oh yeah, I capture them and I record them. Oh like, yeah. Doing fucked up things because the, the real reactions better than any AI could perform. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, you don't, you don't keep them as pets and whatever, whatever, like talking to Poe. But Poe truly did care for humans. And uh, they end up using, yeah, that, that virus on uh, that mm-hmm. AI hotel guy. Yeah. Just the one, not all of them. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because, yeah, the envoys uh, were, were murdered... In, in mass uh, by this virus that essentially corrupted data and corroded it. Yeah. So everyone's stacks in the area where this virus got dropped, which was portrayed by like falling ash, mm-hmm. um, basically melted their consciousness and these people did not have backups. So they, they RD'd. Yep. Um, and so that's kind of how the envoys were dealt with, except for Takeshi and uh, Falconer, mm-hmm. because they happened to not be there because they were doing it. Yeah, uh, that's how it, doing it escapes you. Apparently, yeah, apparently in this in this show, not just in this show. I feel like a lot of times there's a show where like <laughs> there's always a thing in the show where like two people are off doing it, and the bad thing doesn't happen to them, and they come back and find everyone else like murdered or whatever or kidnapped, and they're like. Well, everyone's gone. I'm sure and, there's some kind of. I'm sure there's some kind of message. On yeah, that. some trope uh, <laughs> about that. So, I I like the uh, just branching out a little bit, going back to the whole <clears throat> idea that this is a procedural like it is a procedural like a cop show, but it's more along the noir side, like like a Blade Runner, um, just in in you know incorporating sci-fi and all that. I really did enjoy that part. That was probably the most enjoyable part for me, and just learning like. I, I, you know, twists are cool. I appreciate them. Um, but when it's all like, someone could argue that it's like exposition the entire time, but you're, you really are learning about all of these characters. Like as it goes on, like you never know everything about one character going into something, which I thought was good. Cause you don't learn about, you know, who, <clears throat> um, you know, who Falconer really was. You see Falconer, but you don't know it's Falconer for a while. Yeah. Um, and you're like, it takes you, yeah, and then the whole Riker versus uh, Takeshi thing. Mm-hmm. 
and all that was really cool. Uh, and even uh, Bancroft and his son switching at a few points. And yeah, and then like the, the daughter and the mom. Yeah, and that was that was weird. That was some weird kinky stuff there too. Yeah, again because they can. Yeah, they, they do. Yeah, which I yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if I had any other like major hangups. Uh, other than the ones I mentioned already, I don't. I feel like there's one on my mind, but I can't. I can't remember. What you can't it nail it down. No. Uh, but no. I mean, just. I think my. I have to think about this show a lot because I'm trying to figure out. It's got layers. It does. It's got layers. Like a parfait. Yeah. Or an onion. There's layers to this shit layer. No, there's layers to this shit player. That's how it goes. <laughs> there's layers to this shit player. Don't edit that out. Tiramisu. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, but yeah, uh, Ortega too. Um, big fan. Yeah, we, we didn't talk about her much, but like... We should though, because she's, she's when, good. When she shows up at the beginning, like you think she's just a hired hand bringing Takeshi oh, to the I, rich people. I totally call they were going to do it. Well, yeah. Def- yeah, yeah. First definitely. episode. Uh, it, they're the two main characters. There's always sexual tension, and it just happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like her whole motivations for this whole thing. At, when you start out, you think it's oh, she's just worried about Takeshi being like a terrorist, and she wants to keep an eye on him because he's going to do something bad. Yeah. But then you'd find out that he's in her old partner's body. Yeah. And partner, not just in the cop sense, but also in, like, they were in a relationship. They were lovers in the nighttime. Yes. Yeah. And in the daytime, maybe. And this is her first sleeve. Yeah. Like, it's her only She's sleeve. in her original sleeve. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, it kind of, that gets unveiled slowly that she has feelings for the sleeve, Riker. Mm-hmm. Um, and Takeshi figures that out. Um and like that whole that unveiling and then like it gets to the point where it's like well does she care for me does she care for the sleeve um there's that whole kind of dynamic that they have and then it just like their whole relationship evolves but then Ortega on her own too kind of matures through this um and I like when she gets the robotic arm and just starts like crushing people that was pretty cool like I I I really enjoy I really enjoyed that part because it was kind of like Everyone else kind of had a superpower in a way. And she was just... Like a normal person. Yeah, like, even though she was a deck inside of a sleeve. Yeah. But it was her first... Like, it, it's her, though. Like, first, that's how she she was born as Kristen Ortega. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to get her... See her get a robotic arm and just start punching the shit out of people was, <laughs> was very entertaining. And going up against uh, Mr. Mr. Ling. Um, Oh yeah, that guy. That crazy guy. What with the what crazy mustache? That? What was that weapon? That like flower that thing knife was thing. Vicious. Like yeah, when he first that thing was used, tearing people up. When he first used it, it, it looks kind of like a lotus blossom, and yeah. then like, but it's like toothed, teethed. Yeah, with, and like, it has two teeth layer, on it. Yeah, two layers to it. And like, There's so he, layers to the ship player. I know, right? Always. Um, he ends up stabbing Ortega in the shoulder. And like when he pulls it back, it like pulls a chunk of her oh, shoulder yeah. out with it. Oh god, that was that was, and there's just that like, was gory. Yeah, this fleshy <laughs> piece of like her shoulder that falls out, and then she's obviously bleeding profusely. And he stabs her in the gut too. Yeah. And so it's just like this crazy intense knife, and he's just like a, I don't know, he's like the weird kind of like odd job, like weird like yeah. tiny. And not quiet, just and not just because he's a tiny Asian. Yeah, dude. tiny quiet assassin person. Um, There's more to him than that, though, because he's 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 a zealot. Yeah, he's a re- religious zealot. Um, and like Ray for, and is not Ray is God. Yeah, yeah, to him. Yeah. So like that. There's that weird juxtaposition too, Which, where she's yeah, like her not, name. Her name, by the way, is Raylene. Yeah, Raylene. And his name is Takeshi. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just? Okay. Yeah, but Raylene well, is neither. Look at her Jack- last name. Yeah, but Ray, Raylene is neither Slavic nor Japanese. I don't know. Okay. I think he calls her something else at some point, too. He calls her Ray. Yeah, Ray, Ray and Raylene. But Ray that, Chan. That's what it is. Yeah, he calls her Ray Chan. Chan, just the honorific. Like the, not even honorific. It's yeah. like a familial term uh, for like a, a younger like, person. She was like, I hate it when you call me that. Yeah, I know. Most people don't like the Chan being added to their name. That was... Uh, the whole scene where all of her clones are just breaking out of the glass and fighting, fighting. Ortega. Yeah. I was like, this is a... For me, it was like, this is a gamble. Yeah. 
Because like this is like writing this scene is just like having a it's the same actress playing her clones obviously because yeah. her clones work um, nude breaking out of glass and just getting in fights yeah and over and over and over again I was like this is impressive yeah <laughs> it, it, that was an impressive scene and then they even mention it like later where Ray is like that was expensive yeah um, <laughs> and I'm sure the producers were like yes yeah, it, yes, was it was expensive. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that that was interesting. And then when she takes over uh, Ortega's sleeve briefly as well, that was weird. And so is that's where that like incesty vibe yeah came in a little bit. And then, but it was like, I assume that was the Ortega's sleeve, not like a clone of her sleeve, because then technically that means that you know Ray has been outside of her sleeve mm. at least once which maybe that hadn't been uh, established thinking before back, too thinking back on it I don't know cause like cause she's holding Ortega hostage yeah and she's like strapped to that table yeah and then in VR but like her body like I don't know if it's a clone because she also tells yeah, Takeshi that's what I'm like, maybe it was a, maybe it was an Ortega clone <gasps> maybe there's two Ortegas well maybe but then, because yeah, she's, cool. she's like, she's cool like, that. she's like, don't, don't hurt this body. She's like, no, you have feelings for it, right? Yeah. But then also that kind of like, that's kind of a slight against Ortega too. If it is her actual body, that against her will, she was taken from her body. That is her original body. Mm-hmm. Someone else inhabits it, and then it's given back to her. It's a whole another like meaning to having someone inside you. Yeah. <laughs> Right. This whole yeah, show. Kind of quite literally there, yeah. Very rapey. Oh. Um, yeah, so that that's interesting. I didn't actually thought of that before. That, that's mm-hmm. kind of like almost a rape of Ortega mm-hmm. in addition to her being kidnapped is yeah. her body being taken from her if oh, yeah. that's what happened in that situation, which yeah. I guess it, it's not explicit. It doesn't even matter if it was a clone. It, if it's a clone, then it's Ortega's clone. So yeah. you're still inhabiting yeah. someone else's body, which is pretty creepy. Um Speaking of clones, I didn't really put too much um, weight in the Takeshi clone scenario. Like when, like in the end, when yeah, they're trying I mean, to figure out, out when but... they're trying to figure out like who dies or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I noticed it in the fr- in the uh, the previous episode when they're playing rock paper scissors. Yeah. I'm like, they're always going to draw the same against one another. That was my thinking. So I was like, so what really went into the decision? Because uh, the thing is, is like, if there really was a winner to the rock, paper, scissors, they would have shown it, I feel like. Because all you're really showing is they, they both draw rock, they both draw scissors, they both draw paper. Yeah. But then I guess... Because they do it twice, too. They do it in the final episode when they're trying to figure out, okay, which one of us has to, has to you know... Take this punishment. Has to yeah. be RD'd. Um, because there can't be two. Yeah. And they, we, sh- like, and we show them actually playing it like you could easily just see them start to play it and then just cut away but you're showing them actually play the game and they play it three times and it's tied every time and then all of a sudden you cut to the next scene and it's one Takeshi and Ortega's like which one are you or whatever and he's like the one that said goodbye or something like that yeah and I'm like okay but I still didn't buy it like I feel like <laughs> like I don't know what like at this point I actually don't know which version of Takeshi survived and maybe that's the point is it doesn't really matter but at the same time I'm 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 a little confused by the end of it because I think it kind of does matter well if he said it was the one that said goodbye that was the one that was on the ship that was like yeah, but the was, real one yeah but it was so easy though like you just saw like oh yeah by the way remember when you died you made that clone last episode okay he's back play rock paper scissors cut to another scene oh hey it's me yeah I just felt I don't know I guess they had to wrap that up just so they couldn't be I two feel of like them. It, I feel like it was that, like, uh... We can't have two. Here, there can only be one. Let me write two pages real quick. Um, like, that's what I kind of felt like. Uh, there was another point that took me a while to, to get over. was the fact that after he gets uh, VR interrogated, because people think he's Riker, is he just fucking kills everyone yeah. in that lab. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no consequence. 
<laughs> but then like and then like Ortega's like you know that place was running some shady shit yeah so he did us a favor yeah but like it takes like a full episode and a half for you to realize like okay it's okay that he didn't get in trouble because the whole thing was like he's illegal not, operation he's, yeah, anyway yeah, he's supposed to it was a legal operation but he's not supposed to be doing anything out of bounds yeah and he yeah. just like murders everyone he does he murders everyone <laughs> that was a brutal scene too he, just, he wakes up and just shoots everybody with that energy pistol or whatever yep and then he, <laughs> he uh I like how it's in like that unicorn back like children's backpack with the LED strips inside of it oh I was uh, lo- I was loving that whole thing he never <laughs> that thing always had guns in it it yeah, was great always um but yeah I like the the body too the the uh the mob guy's body uh, I forget his name you liked his body no when he after he decapitated him he left the body there with the tracker in the hand oh, with yeah, the middle yeah, finger yeah. up yeah um, I mean Mark you can like somebody's body that's fine no that's not what I meant Taylor <laughs> that's not what I meant um, no that was funny but yeah so like that was uh, that was an interesting scene too but then they also kind of like they tell you that envoys, when they wake up, are trained to adapt more quickly, and so that's why they can just wake up yeah. and then go go to town. Yeah, just to, to just to wrap it up, uh, Altered Carbon. Uh, if you guys like sci-fi, um, I'd say for fans of uh, Blade Runner, um, I'd say fans of Man the High Castle, just because of kind of like a, a dystopian kind of vibe to it as well. Um, and then anybody that's interested in commentary like just fictional commentary on real life situations i mean that's arguably that's a lot of sci-fi but still um i would definitely anybody that wants to check it out definitely do so it's got my vote i don't know because on my on my apple tv the netflix is still a star rating system oh so it? yeah because it's, it's they like it's the old like, school it's the old school like apple tv that has a terrible netflix interface <laughs> apple TV, fix that um well, the, I'm Taylor, probably, yeah, I'm Taylor like, they don't support the old Apple TV anymore. You need well, to buy the new they one. They added the Amazon Prime Video though, mm. but I, I think I use uh, I think you use my smart TV for that. Um, but yeah, uh, go ahead and uh, I, I'd give it four. I give it four stars. I give it a thumbs up. Yeah, I'd say the same thing. Uh, it's not something again that I would recommend to everyone like some of the other things that we've reviewed so far. Uh, but to Taylor's point, if you're a fan of like the sci-fi or dystopian. Uh, dramas or you know procedurals or as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast uh, dicks and tits um, <laughs> if you're into any of that it's it's got something for everybody yeah you might not like the whole thing but you'll like part of it at least maybe just the tip parts yeah. of it <laughs> um, inappropriate sorry okay, that's, yeah sorry uh, if you have the kids in the car we apologize yeah don't listen to this with your kids um okay yeah. uh that's it for uh for this episode of pop corners thank you guys so much for tuning in again yeah, um we'll we be back again it. next week where we're really going to try and see black panther <laughs> yeah we're gonna see we don't know that we'll have it we don't know that we'll have seen it in time to record an episode for it but uh we're gonna we're gonna try to go see that it looks good we're excited soundtracks fire check it out if you oh, haven't definitely on spotify just search black panther soundtrack listen to that whole damn thing yes. i think it's awesome uh, favorite track on there I haven't listened to the whole thing oh okay uh, I've been to, uh, the last one the last one I heard was the Run the Jewels one and I was that was that was a tight one um, but Mark after we're done where can people find you oh we're not gonna do what we're looking forward to this week oh man yeah you're on hey Taylor what are you looking forward to this week what am I looking forward <laughs> to this week I'm looking forward Black to Panther. hopefully seeing Black Panther yes um, dang what else uh I've been meaning to. Well, this is actually this goes off of Black Panther. I've been meaning to go back and look at some of the directorial work of Ryan Coogler, um, who directed Black Panther, um, including Fruitvale Station and Creed. Oh, uh, still need to watch those. I've actually heard good things about um, both of those. Yes, and all of them have Michael B. Jordan in it, which I'm a huge fan of as well. So I'm probably going to go back and just uh, Chronicle. What up? Yeah, just trying to. Uh, oh yeah, that one. Um, I'm probably <laughs> going to go back and uh, just catch up on some of uh, Coogler's work. Um, I think he was in that. Yeah, he wasn't that. Uh, Mark, what about you? Uh, yeah, Black Panther as well. Uh, I'm always down for a Marvel movie. Um, Secret of Mana gets a remake on PS4 what? this week. Uh, old school. Old school, bringing it. it back. Uh, so that's actually twice recently that that's been released because that was included in the Super Nintendo Classic Edition. It's no longer a secret. I know, it's not. It's just Mana now, of Mana. That <laughs> um, yeah, Everybody knows of Mana. Uh, but yeah, that's getting a, a 
PlayStation 4 remake this week. Uh, GameStop exclusive for the physical copy, but you can get digital copies online and such. Um, Black Panther, and uh, we got Chinese New Year coming up. Hey, oh yeah, uh, my girlfriend's having uh, some people over for Chinese New Year. Don't, if other people listening that aren't invited. Gotta make some dumplings. If you're not invited, sorry, we still love you. I think she's only inviting Asian people. Oh. I'm, I'm not even invited. Oh, damn. <laughs> Getting kicked out. <laughs> oh. Can you, okay. wrap, can you wrap a dumpling? No, get out. I, dude, I can't. She can. I think she's making steam buns. Oh, I'm real, oh, I'm real excited. Oh, yeah, that, she bought the steamer baskets last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm really mm-hmm. excited. Uh, anyway, getting sidetracked. Maybe yeah. we'll have some leftover and we'll talk about it as our. Snack. That'll be our snack for next week. <laughs> uh, so there yeah, won't, there happy, won't be any uh, left. Happy Lunar New Year uh, to you all, and also uh, Happy Valentine's Day. This is coming out hopefully the day, the day before. before. Yeah. So Happy Valentine's Day to all you lovers in the nighttime out there. Yeah. Um, and the daytime. And the daytime. Yeah. You know. You know. Doesn't matter. Uh, don't don't keep your luck to yourself. Just share it. Yeah, spread it around. Okay, Mark, where can people find you after the podcast is over? So as always, you can find me at Spider's Corner Games on Facebook, as well as Spider's Corner on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. Spiders with a Y, right? With a Y. Nice. Technically, I think a couple of those are Spider12587, but if you search for Spider's Corner, I should show up still. You gotta fix that. I changed the account names, but the actual login is still like at Spider12587. So what if it was Spider's plural possessive? Plural possessive, and not not just that, not just plural. What if, what if it was like Spider Man? <laughs> like comma man. You can't like, have a comma name. No, no, <laughs> you can't. Uh. Not trying hard enough. All right, well, Taylor, where can they find you after? Uh, the you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Tay D Adams. Go ahead and uh, give me a follow, give me a shout. And while you guys are on the social media stuff, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast if you like it. Also, rate it if you like it. And if you really like it or if you really hate it, leave us a review. Yes, let us know. Mm-hmm. We're open to criticism, but if you don't like it, fuck you. <laughs> oh, we don't mean that. No. Uh, but That's okay. why I'm just, I'm just joking. Just joking. Pissing everyone off again, like last week. Yeah. Well, let's 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 go out on top. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys once again so much for watching, and yeah. we'll see you next week. We appreciate it, guys. Take care.